Welcome to Straight from the Author, a podcast that gives you a front row seat as leading authors discuss their books at a Warren Public Library. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Ellen Krieger, and I, like, as she said, I, I was at the Free Press for 30-something years, but I was the travel writer for the last 14 years, and I just retired last year. So um, I have been to Paris many times, but I had to write about it all of those times, so I'm looking forward to going back at some point where I can just relax and enjoy myself. Um, so I'm so happy you're here tonight. Um, I, uh, I'm going to talk just a little bit. We're going to run few, through a few things. I'm going to talk for a little bit while, but I want to leave plenty of time for questions. And I also uh, find that my audiences often are very knowledgeable about the destinations that um, I'm talking about, and you might have some good suggestions for everyone else. So we're going to talk about that too. I once wrote a story, the first story I ever wrote for the Free Press, that I said, if the universe had a contest for the best city, Earth should send Paris. Um, even Arthur Frommer, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's a famous travel writer, wrote, wrote Europe on $5 a day, and I actually know him. But he once wrote, he said, return to it for the second time, or even the 50th, and it still seems new. And that is true with Paris. Hemingway described Paris as a movable feast, and he wrote this book in 1954 that described the time that they spent in Paris. And um, one, and that's his wife, Hadley Richardson. She was, uh, his wife, they ran away, basically ran away to Paris together, got married and ran away. They're very young. And um, she's the mother of Bumby. Um, but there's a book called The Paris Wife, I don't know if anybody's read it, but one of the descriptions of, that Hadley had of Paris was that nearly anyone might seem like a painter walking the streets of Paris because the light brought it out, it out in you and the shadows alongside the building and the bridges which seem to want to break your heart. And that is so true of Paris. I know. I think everybody might agree that some things never change. Change in Paris, and this place where first timers, and or whether you've been there, you can do the same things over and over again, and it still seems new to you. You don't need to do a whole lot. And it's Paris is mainly like a feeling, and it 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 gets it into you. And even though there's been terrorism, wars flooding, all kinds of things, it still has that feeling, and that's what makes it so special. Cafe culture is big in Paris, and, um, and, and it, 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 had, it wants you to sort of linger there. And at 20, there are 27 mil, million visitors a year that come to Paris. It's sort of tied with Bangkok and London at the moment. Um, but that's um, zillions of people. And one of the tips is almost all of them are there in July and August. And also everyone in France goes on vacation in August. So those are the worst times to go there. So if you plan to go, go a different month. So these cafes are famous. Also, has anyone ever been here? This is the Shakespeare um, company, um, English bookshop. This is also right on the left bank. Um, this is actually the second incarnation. There was an earlier one, and it closed in 1940 during the war, and then it reopened as this one. And almost every American who ever goes to Paris somehow ends up 
and going here to Shakespeare and Company. Um, there are some new things in Paris, and if you've been there quite a long time ago, one of the big things is obviously security. Paris has had a lot of you know, bombings and terrorist attacks and stuff, so everything, there's a lot more security at all the venues than there used to be. Um, the, uh, Paris is hosting the Olympics in 2024. So you're going to be seeing, they're, they're expanding Gare du Nord, uh, the train station. They are going to be enhancing many things. I would imagine there's going to be a lot of construction type stuff in the area, maybe not right downtown, but in the area um, in the next few years. So that's something to keep in mind. I mean, maybe some people want to go to the Olympics in 2024. So it seems like it would be great. Paris is cleaner than it used to be. It used to be a little grubby, but it's spick and span now. Um, the banks of the Seine have been uh, upgraded. Everything's more fashionable and fancy and cleaner, um, new stuff along there. I don't know if you've been to the Eiffel Tower, but they want to make it safer without making it ugly. So what they're doing is they're putting up an eight-foot glass bulletproof fence all around the entire thing. It's still being built, so it's not, it, it's not finished yet. But the concept is to, so it doesn't ruin the look of the Eiffel Tower, but it is very um, security conscious. So if you go there right now, it's still not finished, but I, I would say in about a year it, it will be done. So you will go there. And they also have apparently all kinds of new plantings, trees, bushes, all kinds of things that are beautiful, but they're also sort of a security thing. So uh, that is another thing you're going to be seeing. Um, I want to talk a word about food. Does anybody here have like a favorite thing they love in Paris to eat? Anybody? The croissant? Crepes. Okay, so there's basically no bad food in Paris. There's no bad wine in Paris. You could even get wine at the, like, the little drugstore or something. It's, it's just it's better than anything you can get at home. Um, some things are more casual than they used to be. I wrote my first story in, for the Free Press in 2004. And back then, I, I do remember waking up in the morning to the scratching sound. And we look out the window, and there were these little men in these green outfits with little brooms sweeping the streets. Everyone looks beautiful in Paris, but it's and fashionable and stylish. But you know, you know what I, you know what I mean. It was just incredible. So, the, since then, it is a little more casual. Everything is more casual, just like everything else in the world. But you will still see, all everyone in Paris looks well dressed. Everyone in Paris does things fa fashionably and with style, um, and. One thing, if you love food, there are a lot of great culinary tours in Paris. One of them is called parisbymouth.com, and um, I recommend that. Um, uh, you can take all different types of tours, but it's something that you could do just for part of a day. It would be really good. So the number one activity in Paris, really, is sitting around in cafes watching the world go by. Um, it's sort of an art. Um, if you speak any French whatsoever, you are ahead of everyone who doesn't. Even if you just try to order or try to say something to the waiter in French, they will appreciate it. Historical preservationists are tr appealing to UNESCO to try to make Paris's cafes and bistros um, 
called cultural, part of their cultural heritage and sort of preserve them. And the reason they're doing that, they said 30 years ago, half of all restaurants in Paris were bistros and, and cafes, this French style. And now they said it's down to 14%. So you will see a lot more Starbucks and Chipotle and you know, McDonald's and all this stuff. It's ruining the cafe and bistro culture of France, because you want to be able to sit, linger, enjoy. Um, so if a chance and you go to Paris, I would do that, because it might be gone next time you go. Obviously, the number two thing is visit famous things, okay? So um, this is in the Louvre. How many people have seen the Mona Lisa? Went, yes, okay. What'd you think of her? Small, she's smaller than you think, isn't she? Yeah, not quite as impressive, yeah, yeah. One of the things, um, you know, of course, so, so when you're there, there's all the typical things, and thankfully, most of them are still there. A few of them, my favorites, are a Sacre Coeur. It's on the left, and it's up at the, in the uh, top of Paris. Uh, the Musée d'Orsay, this is the Monet, beautiful, incredible, impressionist. Um, taking the boat ride on the Seine, that is a lot of fun. Um, that Bateau Moshe um, is 14 euros, so it's a very a good bargain, really, for, for a really, really nice. And so they have them at night, too, so you can take that. And I would say enjoy Paris, but there is one problem. You need to do some research on tickets and wait times before you go. You should buy tickets ahead of time. Don't wait till you get there. But if they say, skip the line tickets, go into you know, the Louvre or Versailles, especially Versailles, that does not mean skipping the security line. So it means skipping the ticket line. So the ticket line might be from here to there. But the security line at Versailles, some people told me the last time, uh, just in this last year, the, the security line was an hour and a half at, at Versailles or two hours long, and it's because of the high security. So some people get there, they don't want to wait, it's broiling hot, so they give up and they just go around the gardens, but they've already paid for the tickets. So you, you just don't want, want to be careful. There are group tours, one of the ways to get around it, you can take a group tour or a guided tour. They sometimes have a separate line for, through security for groups. There's no guarantee it's going to be any shorter, but it sometimes it works, okay? Um, one of the suggestions they say is go early in the morning before the tour buses get there at 10, or go late in the evening. The Louvre is open two nights a week till 9.45. I think it's Wednesday and Friday. They're open in the evenings. So that's a good thing too. Um, the other thing to do in the Louvre is don't go in the main entrance. There's a couple other entrances. Um, the one I like, it's, on, it's called the Rue de Rivoli and you go in the carousel entrance, and the security is, uh, tends to be a little shorter there than in the other entrances. So there are ways around it, but what I would do is read up before you're going. So when you go up, because I, what I tell you today might not be the exact same thing that's gonna you know, still be in effect when you, when you go next. Okay, so there are long lines. These lines I was telling you about, Versailles, the Louvre, Eiffel, Eiffel Tower is another one. You, you, 
you, you will see online, it says skip the line for the Eiffel Tower. It's just saying skip the ticket line. And the ticket line is not usually that long. But you still have to wait in the, in the line, security line, to go up. Um, you can make reservations for dinner up there. And sometimes if you have those reservations, it, they will let you go up you know, separately from the tourists. That's one uh, technique. Um, and Eiffel Tower, they're trying to sort of uh, streamline it. So it's good because it, it, it will, they'll continue, I think, to make it a little bit easier for people. One of the things is remember that the best things are free in Paris. This is the Tuileries Garden, the Louvre in the background. That was in April. April is a great time to go to Paris. Not that many people are there. It's absolutely wonderful. Getting around is easy. The metro is very good unless you are disabled. If you are disabled, Paris in general is not very friendly. But otherwise, the metro, the um, subway, is really easy to use. It's not expensive. Um, a carnet, carnet is like a book of 10 tickets that you can buy. It, like, this is like about 15 euros. Um, there are trains that connect with the, from the airport, the Charles de Gaulle airport, to the city. Um, there also are buses and things. They do have Uber in Paris you can take. And um, from the airport, let's see, what did I see? Uh, I think the, the Uber from the airport is 45 euros and taxi is 50 euros. But a, a, a train is less expensive. So, you know, if you, if you, if you want to take the train, then it's, it's, it's good. Um, this is the metro, <laughs> the Paris metro. It is complicated. Uh, some of these are trains that go fast and far out. So the only thing you're really concerned about, the very center of this sort of is the center of Paris. Okay, where that's where the Louvre is, that's where Notre Dame is, that's where you know all the main main tourist attractions are. So just keep this in mind because you want to be, if you're visiting, you really, especially the first time, you want to be in that center area, locations, everything in Paris. If you've been there lots of times, sometimes people stay way out of town and you know they know how to get into town and it's a lot cheaper if you do that. But um, it is a big, big place. There are 20,000 bikes in Paris, all over the sidewalks, everywhere you go. And you can, and they're pretty cheap to rent. So you can rent the bike. You might want a helmet. <laughs> it's a big city. Um, but the sidewalks are pretty good, and, I, and, and it, it's not bad to do it, but you just have to be careful. So uh, lots of people are getting around that way. I think it's, it's only like $2 a day or something for a bike. So it's a good way to get around. Um, then the number three activity that most people do is, is, are day trips. Okay, My two favorite day trips are Giverny, um, to Monet's home. I was there in the fall, and it was unbelievably beautiful, and it looks just like the painting. So his home is just the, the most beautiful place. I would highly recommend it. And you can um, easily take, um, I did it when I was there. I just went to one, like a little tourism place and bought a little, um, a little ticket to, to go there, and they, we drove, and it was, it's a little bit, maybe an hour away. It's not, not far, like a little day trip. Um, 
The other place that's great is Normandy. Um, it's the train, you take a train up there, but you can do it in a day. It's absolutely wonderful. There are all kinds of side trips. So what I would say is if you're going, just limit yourself. Don't try to do too much, because there's so much to do in Paris. I would just, if it's your first time, you might just want to stay there. Just stay there and for you know several days. But if you have a longer time, you might pick one side trip or two, but not, not more than that, okay? Let's talk about lodging. So things are, ch are changing a lot. And so it always was hotels, always, always, always. And so it used to be like big hotels, and then it's like small, tiny hotels. Now I think a lot of people, especially if it's not your first time, are staying using Airbnb and, and renting a little place. Um, it's less expensive. There are lots of, of choices. Um, Airbnb is pretty uh, is pretty vigilant about the quality, um, and and you have a kitchen, you know. So it, it's it's just a little more homey if you have done it. And so if you've been to Paris before and you're thinking of going back again, I might look at Airbnb. But is Airbnb like a little bed and breakfast that you can? Have? No, um, Airbnb is a uh, does it anybody does. Okay, I'll just explain it. Airbnb is a website that you can go to where people rent out their homes or their apartments. And either they're renting you like a room in their apartment, which most tourists don't, they don't want to do that. You know, you don't want to rent somebody a room in somebody's house, but you can rent whole apartments. So most of it is apartments or houses. In Paris, it's usually apartments. Um, it's so you're renting directly from a person. Does that make sense? Um, and often they live on the site. They might live in the next apartment and you're renting from them. Um, you can use Airbnb all over the country. I've done it many times here in the United States. Um, I just did it for Chicago when I went there. And um, so it's airbnb.com. Um, and they started this, but these other websites like Booking or Expedia or Orbitz, they've kind of gotten into the act. The other one is vrbo.com. A lot of people use vrbo, like it's a vacation rental site. Uh, a lot of people use that for Florida or something like that. But they also rent places around the world. So you can look on there as well. But Airbnb, I think, has the most choice in Paris. And in the summer, it's just really hard to find a place at all to, 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 to stay in Paris that's in a good location. Um, but like I was just looking up some um, this afternoon uh, for like January or March or sometime like that. There's a lot to choose from and, and say like, um, and, and, and it, when, you're, when you're looking for a place to stay, location is everything in Paris, okay? so. Your first time, you want to be in these, the districts, okay, the first district, the fourth district, just this central location. If you just look at a map and you see like where Notre Dame is or where, where the Louvre is, you want to sort of stay in that area if you can. And I found like an Airbnb in the Latin Quarter, $113 a night, $109 a night, that's a one-bedroom apartment. That's a good price. Um, hotels are more. You know, they're going to be $200 or up a night. And um, 
And like you can you can look at the hotels. I was looking at hotels on Booking.com is kind of like an Expedia or Orbitz. Booking.com is all over the world, and it's, it was started in Europe, so it has a tons of things. But I looked, and it shows. It's really confusing because you look and you see these hotels, and you think, oh, here's a good one, and it's 168 dollars a night. And then you really look at it, and it's way out of town. And you look, and it says Notre Dame six miles away or something. Well, don't do that. <laughs> you know, go for the one that costs 219 that's one block from the Louvre or something. So location is everything. But I would definitely look at these vacation rentals or Airbnb, especially if you have a family, like if you have, there are rentals for five people, there's rentals for 12 people. There's, you know, and, and the more, um, larger your party, the better deal you're going to get if you, if you book a rental. And I know lots of people that have good experiences with that, so I wouldn't be afraid to do it. So in Paris, <laughs> the point is enjoy. It's one of the most fun cities in the world. Um, it's had its share of troubles, of course, like everywhere else, but it, it's absolutely, um, I always say that if you want beautiful nature, you can stay in the United States. The U.S. has equal or more beautiful natural things than anywhere in the world. But for cultural things, these treasures, this is worth, it is definitely worth going to. And it's worth going to more than once. And Paris is a thing, I've, a lot of many of you have been there. I would highly suggest that maybe you want to, want to plan another little trip there very soon. Straight from the Author has been brought to you by MyWarn. To hear more podcasts like this, visit MyWarn.org. Again, that's MIWarn.org.